You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And this is My Mac Podcast number 240, 240 weekly episodes and uh, no end in sight. The siege continues. <laughs> Joining me is Guy Searle. Hello, Guy Searle. Hello, Tim. Hello, we, everybody. We also have Rich. Rich Lefko. Round of applause. Yay, Yay. Rich. Hey, Rich. Yeah, it's been a while Hi, since you've been on the it's been uh, what's it been about uh, six months since you've been on the show now? Jeez, I don't know. I usually count the days, but I, I guess I lost count this time. Just lost count. I don't blame you. It was kind of a last minute fill, uh, and you'll be on next week as well. And we will have uh, David Cohen back on the show soon. And we were going to do the review this week and of the uh, oh, what was the speaker system now? God, I, I can't think of what it was. It was a speaker system. <laughs> And, yeah, and you that, guys talked about it like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, no, longer than that. Longer than Mark that. and I are going to do that review, but Mark couldn't be here either this week, so uh, that's probably going to be oh show two forty two. We'll have Mark on and we'll review the speaker system. Um, but let's talk about this week a little bit, guys. We're not going to do the three subjects and out. We're going to kind of leave it a little bit open this week, and I wanted to start out by talking about the economy and how fabulous Apple seems to be doing in such a rough economy. Uh, we'll start with you, Rich. Why do you think Apple is doing so well right now when everyone else seems to be really tightening the, the belts and, and laying people off? And I, I'm seeing news story after news story of Apple hiring people. Well, I think it's got to be the products. I think the stuff that Apple offers is, is something that is compelling. People want it, what even you- in a bad economy. So you don't think that uh, uh, necessarily a bad economy is going to make Apple lose the cool factor, the the lust that people seem to have for their products? No, I think that there are people out there that want that cool item, and there are people that look. You know, people spending too much is you know part of the problem out here. But I still think that if you've got credit and uh, you got a couple of bucks you want to spend, uh, go for that cool trinket. Yeah, and plus, guy. People yes. are going to replace their computers. Yes, of course. And that's not going to slow down regardless of the economy. People might use that older computer for a little bit longer. But let's face it, if someone's computer breaks or it's just so dog slow that they can't get any work done on it anymore, they're going to get something new. Yeah, case in point. Uh, I just bought a Mac Mini for my son Guy. But I think the the main reason why Apple is still doing well is that they sell a premium product. So... The, the type of people that typically, and you know, and this isn't a matter of saying that people who buy Macs are more cool or anything along those lines, but people who typically buy Macs can afford to buy Macs, if that makes any sense. So when they need to get a new Mac or that when they need to get a new Apple product, they're going to go ahead and get it. You know, I mean, people who buy Macs aren't, you know, scrounging the, uh, the websites to find, you know, the absolute lowest price on a, on a on a Mac XL or you know whatever whatever the, the the lowest common denominator from Dell or HP or you know whatever the equivalent to that would be, Apple sells a premium product. People who buy Apples have the money to buy them. I think that was true at one point. I don't think it's quite as true now. I think people who are buying Apple products, I don't think it really. I, I don't think it's the, the, the well-to-do person anymore like it was back in the early 2000s, the, the 90s. 
I think the the Apple Macintosh has got to the point now where people are buying it because they know it's a better machine. I hear from people that have been PC users for forever who are now coming to me saying, "Hey, which Mac should I get?" What do and you attribute these, that to, though? Oh, I think I think it's partly because of the hell that people have gone through with Windows and all of the pain that goes along with that part of it. And mo- I'll t- tell you, a lot of the people that uh, talk to me talk about the viruses and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, it doesn't start up again, and, and, and it doesn't last as long. You know, when I say, hey, I've had, you know, I've still got, what, I've got a G3 upstairs that's uh, still working. What's that thing's got to be 10 years old now? At least. Yeah, and it's, and it's working fine. Uh uh, you know, I I think that's why uh, so many PC people are looking at uh, Macs now and saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe this is a better way. In fact, I had a friend just buy a MacBook. Uh, I think he, he got it from someone who was selling it. And uh, so it's a used MacBook. But he said, I don't know why, after he had it for about a week and a half, this is a, a PC user, for, for his entire life, he said to me, I can't understand why everyone doesn't have one of these. <laughs> well, that's that's easy to answer. You know, I mean, not everyone not everyone can afford it. You know, and you know, it gets back to to the economy. The people that that typically buy Macs can afford to buy them. Mm, I don't know. The Macintosh computing experience is obviously different than the Windows experience. Well, the Windows experience is is typically going for the lowest common denominator, which and, is and and there's and, and again, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, I I use a Windows box at work at my nine to five, and I, I don't have any real issues with it. Uh, I've I have well, I would have except for certain technical difficulties. I have uh, the Windows Seven release candidate on my iMac. Why? Just to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not bad. There are things. There are things about it. And you, you could kind of yeah. And, and here we go. You know. But you know, sounds, saying it's not bad isn't necessarily a winning endorsement either. Well, I, I don't want to make it sound like like I'm just gonna you know sit here. Oh, Windows sucks and all that because because I, I I don't really feel that way. I, you know, technology is what it is. Obviously, I'll say it. Windows sucks. Well, there's there's you know ninety percent of the rest of the world might dis well maybe not ninety percent but a good portion of the rest of the world uses Windows every day and and doesn't have any problems with it. Uh, well, that's actually, old- that's not true though, guy. Ninety percent of the rest of the world does use Windows, but to say they don't have any problem with it. Well, that's why I, that's why I changed what I said. You know, I, I, there <laughs> there there are plenty of people out there you know that are that are savvy enough to use Windows, not have any problems with it, not get viruses. Not get spyware, not get malware, because in these days, you know, Microsoft has upped their security model. They upped their security model for Vista, and in Windows Seven, from what I've been reading, it's you know it's gone to an even higher level. Now that doesn't mean that that it still isn't going to be susceptible to not so much viruses, but socially engineered worms, which of course OS X is is subject to as well. But for if you're if you have a reasonable amount of protection on Windows, your your chances of getting a virus are are pretty nil. You keep up with your security updates, you you make sure you have the protection that's required, 
and you know, chances are you're not going to have a problem. Don't download stupid you know little pop-ups that say get your emoticons here. Yeah, but unfortunately, too many people do do that. Um, yes, they do. And that's where the problem with Windows comes in. At least one of yeah. the problems. I think one of the biggest reasons that people don't buy Apple Macintosh is they bought a PC and they've been migrating upward ever since. And switching to a, a, a completely foreign computer operating system and a totally different ecosystem is scary. Them? Yeah, absolutely it scares them. You know, what about that game that they haven't played in three years, but they think that they eventually want to start playing it again? I think when Apple switched to the Intel processor and included Boot Camp within Leopard, I think that eased a lot of people's fears. They said, Apple said to them, we know you have a lot of PC stuff. If you still need to use it, you can still buy a Macintosh and run Windows on it and still have access it, access sure. to it. And I'm for the that people that do that, that I've personally known, that put Windows on their machine, they're thinking that they're going to need it, they never do need it. They found comparable stuff on the Macintosh that actually worked better than the stuff that they thought that they needed. And they made the switch, and they're never going back. I've never heard about, well, I don't want to say never, but it's very rare that you hear someone move to the Mac platform or and, to, to Windows from the Mac. Exactly, and and feel that they made a huge mistake, so they go back to Windows. You just don't hear I'm about that very often. I'm still amazed that I have people who uh, uh, say, well, I can't go to Windows because I need to run Office. I can't go to the Mac because I need to run Office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though they make Office on the Mac that's yeah. compatible. Yeah, I mean, and, and talking about that, you know, frankly, I work from, from my little bit of experience with Office 2008, is a superior product as far as word processing goes. It's certainly much easier to use. I haven't done that much with numbers, you know, versus Excel. But uh, I I switched my my son Guy to Pages from Word because they were just things that that he wasn't able to do or wasn't able to do easily. Whereas Pages would just, you know, whatever it is you throw at it, it it pretty much does it. Well, Office will do a lot more than than. Apple suite of applications as far as the course. Office stuff. But the problem is it's a lot more difficult, and you literally have to take classes on how to how right. do I get to those features, and, right. and that's power, power the mistake. User, power users are going to prefer Office because Absolutely. all the tools that they need are right there. And well, if it's they not know right all the there, shortcuts though. and they know all the the various you know menus and how to get to the parts that they need, it really, really helps them out. On the other hand, for most everybody else that's on a Mac, Pages will do 95% of what you need to do, and it'll be all up front, very easy to find, very easy to use. I think that you the know, Office have... equation is one that's almost not there anymore. I don't think most people are not switching to the Mac because of Office. Well, it was no. certainly it was certainly more important in 1998 than it is oh, today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a, I have a Dell box that uh, the company gives me, and uh, I, do, I, do some, I do some training presentations. And I got to tell you, I've uh, I, I tried using PowerPoint for a while, and and look, I, I've used PC stuff for years and years and years, so it's not like it was brand new to me. And then I bought the iWork suite, and now I've switched everything over to uh, Keynote, and I bring my MacBook in and I do the presentations on that. And I hear people say to me constantly, "You set a new standard for presentations after yep. they leave the room." Do you think that Microsoft sees the writing on the wall that the Apple products are just so much better and that they are starting to lose ground, thus you're starting well, to see these commercials that, but 
the PC stuff is cheaper. They're, the latest thing is uh, Microsoft is going after iTunes. You would need $30,000 to fill up your iTunes yeah. or to your iPod. It's a re- it's stupid. I mean, it is. that could have been a good commercial in, say, 2004, but it's 2009. Everyone already has an iPod. But well, you, you know what that commercial is all about is sure. getting on to the Zoom Pass. But they didn't which, which mention is Microsoft's subscription service, right? Like Fifteen dollars a month. What what they don't say in that commercial is, oh, by the way, you'll have to throw out your iPod and you you have to buy something brand new to use this. But they do bring up a good point that if you do buy music on the iTunes Music Store, it does get expensive pretty quickly. Well, sure, and. You know, f- frankly, uh, the subscription model that Microsoft has for the Zune is not a bad deal. Oh, uh, no, it's way- actually pretty good. You get 10 yeah. free songs every month. Right, and those are yours to keep, whether you're staying keep. with the service or not. So you're essentially paying $5 a month for a music subscription service. Yep. But, but you don't get Apple to keep all something like that. Well, wait, you don't get to keep all of your songs. No, no but you do you, get to you, keep you, 10 every month. Right. So if you kept it for a year, that's a lot of songs that you'll get. So really, because the service costs fifteen dollars, at ninety nine cent song, right? You're only paying what five bucks a month at that point, right? Right. The other ten bucks is going to buy those ten songs you want to keep. That's that's if it's around that long. Well, even if it's not, yeah, you still you still get to listen to those songs while it's going, and you still get to keep those ten songs every and, month. Right, and they're in. Uh, do you know if, if those are MP3s or are those WAV files? Uh, I I couldn't tell you. Or yeah, I'm just know. wondering if they're Windows Media. Well, even if they're you know it, it's there's plenty of tools out there, especially on the PC side, to convert um, songs with DRM to a non-DRM format, just as there is in, in iTunes. Though it's not really necessary anymore. Not with DRM free music, but right. yeah, I, I you know what? Honestly, I thought man, it'd be kind of cool to subscribe to that whole Zoom thing for like two months. And, uh, you know, play it on VMware on this side of my Mac, on the Windows side, (laughs) and and simply use something like Audio Hijack Pro to record just a ton of songs. But then I thought, I don't want to go through all that hassle. And and honestly, most of the stuff that I like is older stuff, and I already have it. Very rare that I buy new music on the iTunes store anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I, I... I'm just glad that there is some kind of alternative because I think you need something to keep Apple honest. So. Um, but I don't think that it is competition. And while Microsoft will push it, I've yet to see anybody with a Zoom. No, I, mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen one in the wild either. But speaking of commercials, had did you see the new one uh, from Apple with Megan? Very funny. Oh, that's so funny. Go ahead and explain it. Okay, well, basically, you've got uh, you got the Mac guy and the PC guy, John Hodgman and uh, Justin Long, and behind John Hodgman, there's just this never-ending line of guys in suits. And they're all him, they're, basically. Well, no, no, they're not all him. They're, I mean, no, they all I look, mean, they're all PCs. Yeah, they're all PCs, and so you know, they're they're kind of making fun of the whole you know Macs are more expensive commercials that that Microsoft was running not that long ago. And so when this this girl comes out and she's between the Mac and the PC and and PC is asking, well, what kind of computer do you want? And as she's naming these things that she wants in a computer, you'll see some of the guys kind of walk off and you don't see them anymore and the line gets shorter and shorter. 
And f- finally, the last thing she says is, oh, and I want a computer that doesn't get viruses. And, the, and all of them, including PC, are like, oh, well, okay, she's all yours, Mac, and walk off. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's effective. It's a good commercial. Do you think that people considering buying a PC, you think this is going to do anything for them? They're, they're going to see that and go, oh, yeah, we definitely want to get Hello, the... Hello, Mac. I'm Hold on a, a second, guys. I'm playing I'm it right Mac now. Genius. Ah, the incredibly helpful Mac geniuses. Must be so great to have oh, a real Oh, this is the Mac genius one. What is that different for you? Well, customer... Yeah. Uh, here's the oh, elimination. The PC. You know, there are tons and tons of PCs out there, so I brought the whole range by to help find the one that's best for her. It's a lot of PCs. So what do you want? Well, I want a computer with a big screen. Okay, small screen, speed it. What else? Well, I want it to have a fast processor. Okay, slow PCs, go. What else? Slow I PCs, go. I just something that works without crashing or viruses or a ton of headaches. Did you say no viruses or crashes or headaches? Yeah. Ugh, she's all yours, man. No I'm crashes or viruses I'm or headaches. Let's be honest, there are crashes on the Mac. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've just gone through that myself recently. Yeah, Absolutely. so go ahead, go ahead and explain the crashes and, and what happened to you. I know it's covered in your blog post, but let's not assume that everyone who listens to this podcast goes to the, goes website. To the website. Okay, well, I've got a 2.16 gigahertz 24-inch iMac that I bought about two and a half years ago. It's got a uh, it's got an ATI 7300 128-gigabyte graphics card. And it originally it only had a 250-gig drive. I put in a one-terabyte drive, mostly other than the storage space so that I could create you know, a boot camp partition. So I did, and, and I had XP on it for a while, and then I had Vista. And just recently, I, I installed the Windows 7 release candidate. And every single time I would try to start up, and it, before it even got to the part where you got your, your boot screen, blue screen of death, instantly, just bing, right into blue screen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was able to boot it in uh, safe mode. And tried. I tried a couple of different things, and I don't even want to go into it now. It would take too long. And But nothing was really helping. So I said, okay, well, the heck with it. I'll just go back to OS X. So I boot into, uh, into OS X, and all of a sudden I've got a solid light blue screen on my 24-inch iMac. Now, granted, it was a very lovely color blue, but it wasn't OS X. And I was able to move the mouse cursor. But in the space where the mouse cursor had been, after I moved it, there was another mouse cursor that wasn't moving. I knew there was something seriously wrong, packed it up, took it down to a local Apple store. The guy checked it out and was like, yeah, yeah, this is a, you know, your graphics card is definitely causing some problems. So now it's sitting there right now. I'm podcasting from my my MacBook Pro. Which is a good machine. Oh, it's a great machine. But I was hoping to get it back before the podcast, and so far it hasn't happened. And because I didn't have uh, Apple Care on it, and you know, I'm not trying to push Apple Care, but this is the exact reason why you should get Apple Care. It's going to cost me about three hundred and fifty, three hundred and sixty bucks to replace the card, which is lo- which is more than the Apple Care would have cost you. Yeah, Apple yeah. Care would have been about two fifty, two sixty. You could you could still buy it. Uh, yeah, but at this point, I don't know if I will. You know, it, it's going to depend on what else I need to do. I've got some other purchases I need to make. I, I'll be honest; I don't have Apple Care on my iMac, and I wish I did. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things that haven't done it. And you know, I'm still not convinced that an iMac is enough oomph for me. Quite honestly, well, I, yeah, I, I the choke up. Where else can you go? What, I don't understand what you mean. 
I mean, your only other choice beyond that is going to be a Mac Pro. Well, that's exactly and, my and point. Now you're talking, you're talking some serious bucks. Yes, but I am maxing out this this 2.8 gigahertz iMac quite often. the The only thing that kind of keeps me rooted to it is the monitor, um, yeah, and I like it is a it's a great monitor. I like it better than the the 23 inch cinema display that it's sitting next to. That's my side cart monitor, and I don't know. It's if I go back to a desktop that's not an iMac, i.e., a Mac Pro, I'm going to have to get another 24 inch monitor, and I don't really want to do that because then you're really talking bucks. Well, yeah. you don't necessarily have to get a 24 inch Apple monitor. No, I can move the 23 inch back as my main screen, but I want the glossy screen as my main screen now. Oh, okay. So it, it's a, are, it's a damned if I cheaper. do, damned if I don't. There, there are certainly cheaper 24-inch monitors out there. Some of them of very nice quality that are going to cost you less than the Apple one. I like, probably, I'm, probably I like the glossy, glossy, though, yes. And, I, and I'm really enamored by this glossy screen. I, I really am. Uh, a lot of people don't need two monitors or dual monitors, if you will. I do. Um, not just for the podcast, which comes in extremely handy, but for a lot of the video work that I'm doing, the two monitors really comes in handy. And a lot of the Photoshop work that I do. So I definitely want to keep two monitors. I have an extra monitor here, a 17-inch. I don't even know who makes it. Uh, Samsung. That I can move back as my sidecar monitor and then move the 23-inch over, which would get me through until I can scrounge the bucks for a new 24 or 30-inch screen from Apple. But I just, I just don't want to go that route right now. And I'm not convinced I just... that I need to go Mac Pro. But, Rich, I know you are looking at a Mac, Mac Pro. Yeah, I am. I, uh, uh, I, the, the thing I don't like about uh, iMacs, and I mean, they're great machines, but I like to add cards and I like to add drives, and I'm that kind of a guy. I like to tinker inside the thing, and I don't think you can really do that inside an iMac. No, you can't. And so I like the expandability of a Mac Pro. Uh, I realize that it's not cheap. I wish Apple had something between the Mac uh, the iMac and the Mac Pro, some intermediate tower-type system. Uh, but they don't have that. So I'm looking at the, the lower-end uh, Mac Pro. And, look, if, if, as the conversation that we were having uh, earlier on about, you know, why are people buying Macs, I think one of the things that's going to change is with Snow Leopard coming out and only uh, supporting Intel Macs, i got to say that, you know, a lot of GP, G5 people are going to start thinking, well, you know, is it time for me now to move on, you know, as well. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I don't know, it, I, I think the next 24, well, 12 to 24 months is going to be really interesting as a Mac Observer. Um, oh, and that wasn't even a, a plug for the MacObserver.com <laughs> either. Um, because, Speaking of which, did you know they just had their, wanted to give them a quick shout out, they just had their 200th podcast. Oh, congratulations to them. Absolutely. If we Dave Hamilton does our intro voice. Yeah. So now that's a really good podcast. If anyone's listening to this, definitely uh, start listening to the Mac Observer. Um, you'll find yeah, the out Mac how it's. Gap. Yep. You'll find out how it's really done, and you'll stop listening to this show. So <laughs> don't don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. No. We we love the Mac Geek Gab. We love the guys over at the Mac Observer. Uh, we've got some shared history, and we've got people that. Right for both my Mac and the Mac Observer, so yeah, I mean they always they always hook us up for tickets at uh, MacWorld. Well, yeah, and that's always cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the publisher over there, Brian Chafin, has a great mom. 
<laughs> I like his mom. Anyways, um, the next twenty. Tw- I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sorry. The next twelve to twenty-four months, as someone that observes the Apple ecosystem, is going to be very, very interesting. And let me tell you why. As the PC market sales start to decline more and more, and they are already doing that, you see the Apple market share starting to go up. You also start to see Apple aggressively taking the lead from the smartphone users out there, the manufacturers. Right, the Blackberries. The Blackberries, and yeah. And you're starting to see a huge ecosystem surrounding the iPhone. Now, there's going to be some crossover eventually between the Mac, what you could do on a Mac, and what you could do on your iPhone, even more than what people may expect. Apple makes their money on hardware. And while they're making good money, I'm sure, on the iPhone sales, they make a lot more money on the Mac sales. And Apple wants to sell more computers. So I think you're going to start seeing some movement from Apple's part to get more and more of the iPhone, iPod, iTouch, whatever, those users to get them to switch over to a Mac. And you're going to see Apple change as a company, hopefully for the better. And you're also going to see the PC makers out there start to struggle more and more. Sony just posted a huge loss, first time they've ever done this. I mean, just absolutely, uh, if if you're a Sony fanboy, and I don't know who is, but if you are, this is a terrifying. It, it lo- it's starting to look like Apple was in, say, in 93, 94, yeah, yeah, when you started to see that decline. And I like Sony products. I'll be the first to say I love my PS3. Um, I've got a 46-inch Sony flat screen for my TV now. Um, They make some really good stuff. My daughter has uh, a Sony camera. Uh, I don't know what model it is. It's a pink thing, but it takes great pictures. (laughs) Sony makes really good stuff. But they're they're closing their stores, the Sony-specific stores. They own the Metreon, and they close the Sony style in it. Well, exactly. I've never seen anyone in the Metreon. When you go into the Metreon in San Francisco, guy, there was a couple times that we went into the Apple store during the Macworld Expo. Sure. It was it was swamped at the Apple store. Well, but, I mean, let's... let's. But it's always swamped a, at the Apple add, store. Add a caveat there that it was during Macworld. But yes, but it's always every, swamped. Yeah, there's, you know, I mean, I go to three different relatively close by Apple stores here, and I can't recall a time ever walking in when there wasn't at least 30 to 40 people inside of the store. They're always busy. Yeah. Now, yeah. But you, now walk in, you walk into that Sony-style store over at the Metreon. Which is a building they own in downtown San Francisco. Right, and it's a big store. I mean, it, there's, there's a huge. whole section dedicated to just the PS3. Yeah. And there's nobody there. You nobody. can see tumbleweeds going across the floor. <laughs> Why... And when we went in there, guy, they had some really nice stuff. Why don't people go in? You go back in time a little bit. Gateway had their own stores, and it was a dismal failure. Well, the Gateway stores were kind of a a different deal because Gateway was basically using it to sell computers, which because all they sell are are Windows PCs. Not at the time. At the time, they were also getting into televisions and stuff that... Those gateway stores were really set up as a as a crossover between the home entertainment buff and the computer user. If yeah, you remember back, it. they had that yeah, big but- screen that also dubbed as a media center for your PC. They were way ahead of the game in that. But, but at let's the same face time, it, what's- go ahead, Rich. 
what, what what's in a what's in a Sony store that anybody would be wanting to go see? I mean, look, I have Sony handy cams and stuff like that, and I'm a geeky guy, so I would probably wander through like you guys to just to go take a look. But if you were wandering around and you saw a Sony store, what would you go in there and look at if you weren't, you know, a, a, you know, somebody who's predisposed uh, to the electronic stuff? You know, on an Apple, you know, you pass an Apple store and you think, oh, I heard about the IMAX. I've seen commercials and stuff like. What do you think? What do you think about when you think of Sony? Well, here's I can't the thing. think of a product. I, I think Apple's stores are busy for another reason, and I think it's because when you go into an Apple store, you're not going in there just to buy something. You might be going in to talk to the genius. You might be bringing your iPhone, your iPod, or your Mac in for repair. Like me. Like you. <laughs> and and I think that Apple has combined that service and sales into one seamless building that's very open and encouraging. When you walk in the door, there's no you know sales pitch guys. There's no uh, line for a cash register. <laughs> there's uh, no cash register. There's no cash register. It's it's a different environment. And, and I, I don't disagree with you, but in the in my own experience in the Apple Store up here in New Hampshire, I was in there about a month ago getting a replacement battery for my Mac my MacBook. By the way, I had Apple Care, and they just threw me another battery, so that was 120 bucks. So yeah. that was worth. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I was the only one at the uh, at the Genius uh, uh, Bar there. I had made an appointment, but there wasn't any. There was a woman. There was like two other people sitting around there. But everybody else that was in the store was looking at the gadgets and playing around on the IMAX and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not so sure that everybody was in there. You know, there was this huge crush of people in there to see the genius people or get repair work. I think a lot of them were just, you know, shopping. I could tell you that my last couple trips to the Apple Store in Grand Rapids, both times to take a MacBook in, and it was cosmetic problems. The plastic was cracking. And I've talked about those and how fast the turnaround was on those machines on previous podcasts. But the first time I went in with Rachel's laptop, my oldest daughter, there was like three or four people ahead of me. And one of the people ahead of me, they actually had a G4 uh, tower. And Apple was fixing it for him. In fact, he was there to pick it up. And it cost him 200 and something dollars for them to fix whatever was wrong with it. But I couldn't believe that here's a 10-year-old machine that he's bringing into Apple for repair. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. The second time, with Brittany's laptop, my second to oldest, the junior high kid, um, there was a kid in there with a one of the brand-new iPod Shuffles. Was it? No, it was an iPod Nano. And his mom and him were kind of ticked off because it wasn't working right. And the problem was, number one, he was using a PC with it, which, duh. Yeah. And number two, he was just dragging files onto the iPod rather oh, than... expecting it to work instead right, of syncing it. Rather than syncing it with iTunes. So yeah. I listened to Five Minutes of the Genius explaining to him... Patiently, patiently. ...that he, he can't use Windows DRM music, because the kid asked about that, and he had to use iTunes to sync. Uh, he also said there are some third-party applications which will allow you to drag files directly to the iPod on your Windows desktop, but Apple doesn't recommend doing it that way because you can't set up playlists and that sort of thing. And by the time that you know the mom and the kid left, I got the impression that they were both impressed and obviously more knowledgeable, but more importantly, they were happy customers. 
that there was well, a store so- that they can go to and get the answers that they were looking for in a no hurry environment. And it wasn't sitting on the phone with some guy on the other side of the planet that spoke very bad, broken or English. Broken. Right. Um, trying to, you know, well, have you to reset the device and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we've all gone through those calls. Oh, sure. absolutely. And I think that's something that Apple brings to the table that is really making a huge difference in how many Macs and, and iPhones and iPods are being sold. Because most oh, I, of this, at least in the United States, most of the people are somewhat close to an Apple store. And it's, it's strolling, well, you know, mine's, you know, uh, almost an hour away, but uh, I, and I wish they'd put one closer to me. But in any event, it was nice to be able to stroll into the store there and have somebody test the machine and, uh, you know, walk in the back room and, you know, break out a new battery and stick it in, you know, without asking me anything about the use of the machine or, you know, trying to figure out a way to not give me the battery. Mm-hmm. You know? It yeah. was very, very pleasant, I got to say. Yeah, how many times have you gone into a repair shop, especially in the old days? You guys remember the, the way repair shops used to run. If your oh, TV absolutely. broke, which was already 15 years old, and you go into a repair shop, they just treated you like dirt, like you're an idiot. Oh, absolutely. And you never knew when the hell you were going to get the thing back. Absolutely not. And you know? and hopefully it's before the Super Bowl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's take a few minute uh, time out here, guys. I want to, uh, number one, thank our sponsor for this episode. It's Otherworld Computing. And instead of just saying, you know, picking a product and talking about it, I've got some very cool news. Next week, we're going to have a contest where we're going to give away one of the new, newer technologies, Voyagers. Now, you remember... Uh, I know, Rich, you weren't in the uh, Macworld Expo with us, but Guy was there. And we saw this really cool new thing. It's called the Voyager. And it allows you to take a hard drive and just pop it in like a toaster. And it just it sticks out of this thing. And you can hook it up via uh, eSATA, USB 2.0, FireWire 800, or for FireWire 400. And it will mount on your desktop. You can use it, drag it to the trash, and then pop the hard drive out of this thing like a toaster. You just push down, and the hard drive pops up. It's it's really a cool product. Yes, it is. We're going to be giving away one of these newer technology Voyagers next week on the MyMac Podcast number 241. Whoa, way not, cool. Not going to give anybody details on how to enter yet, although long-time listeners will probably figure it out. But tune in next week for your chance to win a Voyager by newer technology. Now, I also want to say, yes, they're our sponsor. I really like the people at Newer Tech and other world computing by extension. Um, so much so that because, and Guy, I've I told you about this, that they're not too far away from us here in, no, in where not. I live. I they're am just going, outside of Chicago, aren't they? J- yep, they're just on the east side of Chicago. In fact, that where they where their headquarters is is the same town that they filled, uh, filmed Groundhog Day, one of my all-time but, favorite movies. But, but not in Groundhog the baddest Day. part of town. No. <laughs> so... I'm actually going to make a journey over to the newer technology, other world computing headquarters this summer, and I'm going to do a podcast from there, and I'm also going to do some video work, because they're, they have this huge brand new building, and it's very green, and I'm, I want to go and I want to show the listeners of this podcast what it's like, a big company like newer technology, other world computing, what their headquarters is like, what it means to be a green building. 
I think I this is go. stuff that people are very interested in. And I absolutely, guy, if you want to come, uh, I'll lock down the date. I'm still waiting for some information. They want me okay. to come as soon as possible, but they want something to be in place first. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to get into specifics. I'll tell you offline. Okay. And once that is done, once that is taken care of, uh, I'm going to go out there on a Saturday and basically spend the whole day. Might be coming back Saturday night, or I might stay over and do some more stuff on that Sunday. So it's going to be a one to two day trip in at Newer Technologies headquarters at Otherworld Computing. Right there, interviewing the people, looking at the cool stuff. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think that sounds like a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I want to see the the you know the downtown area or the, the little park where they filmed Groundhog Day. Because I love that movie, I want to, I want to, I want to see that's that. One, part. That is, that's one of my favorite movies too. Oh, I love Groundhog Day. I, it's that was the movie for me, anyways. That really brought Bill Murray back. You know what I mean? He was this kind of this funny '80s star that was kind of fading away a little bit. He really wasn't that funny anymore, and you didn't think about him too much. And then Groundhog Day came out, and it was just like, holy crap! This guy is a, a comedy genius. I mean. Oh, I love that. Anyways, let's get back to Max. Stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, geekiest show ever? Geekiest show ever. Actually, talking about <laughs> geekiest show ever, uh, we record that next week, Guy. Yes. And our topic is going to be the new Star Trek movie. Have you seen it I, yet? Yes, I have. Okay, cool. Rich, you've seen it, too. I've seen it, too. Yeah, we saw it. Uh, I took my 10-year-old, and we went and saw it the day after it uh, came out. Great are, flick. Are you a, a trucky kind of guy? always been my entire life well why don't you come on the next geekiest show ever with us and join us for the star trek talk it'll be the same time time. sounds like fun it's you know it's one of those things that it's kind of like we're doing this podcast today and the way we're going to do it next week is that it's really open you can you can have a subject like okay we're going to talk about star trek but it can go in any direction at any time and I really kind of like that about the geekiest show ever. Whereas the MyMac podcast, we really do need to keep it more focused on the Apple ecosystem and, and technology that relates to our lives. Um, also, on the next week's MyMac podcast, I'm going to talk about Lego Batman and what I use while playing Lego Batman on the Macintosh. By the time that show comes out, uh, I'll have a review posted online for Lego Batman. And I'll give you a hint. I gave it a five out of five. Guy, you have uh, Lego Indiana Jones. Yes, I do. Um, have you got around to playing it yet? Or? I still haven't gotten around to installing it. <laughs> got to do that it's one big. of these days. I know. I know. I've got like three or four different games that uh, I, I need to get onto my system to try it out. I've got a Lego Star Wars game, too. Oh, that's even better. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't had a chance to install either one of them. I, you know, well, we'll talk about all that on the next podcast yeah. next week. Okay. So, um, before we wrap up this show, though, I want to find out, Rich, what's an application you've been using a lot lately that you're impressed with? I know I'm kind of hitting you. Hey, ooh, I wasn't expecting that. But is there, like, one application in your dock that you've been going to more often than not lately? More often than not. Jeez, oh, let's see. More often than uni, other than the usual Safari and sure. mail and all that. Well, other let's stick that, with Safari for a second. Have you tried the new beta of Safari? Are you using the, the beta Safari web browser, or are you still on 3? 
No, I'm still on three. Yeah, uh, I haven't moved up because I knew that there were some issues with the new beta, and frankly, I I I'm gotta be able to access, so I didn't want to mess around with it. I don't blame you. I so I've I got did. it myself, and I I like it. Yeah, the only the only problem or the only thing I don't like about it is the uh, the refresh button is kind of weird. Yeah, it's yeah, I agree. Especially if a page is still loading, it's just taking forever. You go up to the little spinny thing and click it. And nothing happens. Well, it stops, but then you have to click it again to refresh. It's a double click rather than having the refresh button right over there where it should be on the left side next to the home page. Right. Or home button. Yeah, I agree with you. So so have you, you're you looking at your dock. Anything jumping out at you, Rich? Oh, the programs I use most often, I, I use Dreamweaver a lot for my website. And I use, uh, lately I've been using uh, 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 Keynote. Uh, to set up some presentations for work, so I've been using those two quite a bit lately. Yeah, what what jumps out at you about Keynote that you like so much? Keynote, I like Keynote because it is an intuitive program. When I use PowerPoint, I've got to do a lot of thinking to figure out exactly how I want to get to where I want to get to. Keynote just seems to flow for me, and I especially like the Smart Builds uh, option in there. Using the smart builds and uh, uh, some of the graphics that I use uh, really is a fabulous way of uh, bringing a whole bunch of different objects to one slide. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I had to use that myself for when we did the Apple Quiz at the Macworld Expo this year. And actually, I used it the year before that as well. Um, I prefer it. I mean, it, it's such an intuitive program to use. And it really does create some beautiful... Beautiful presentations. Absolutely, the 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 uh, the, the transition, the uh, and the, the slide transitions and the and the build transitions within the slides itself are just they're different. There's something new and 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 they're great to look at and great to watch. You could spot a PowerPoint presentation from a mile away. Yeah, oh, just before absolutely. you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, and I like to, uh, in my presentations, I like to make them entertaining uh, for people because I'm that kind of guy. So I pull, I'll pull in video into them. And it's so easy to do that with uh, Keynote. If you do that in PowerPoint, it can't find the movie. It, it doesn't know where to look. It, you know, yeah, it, gets it doesn't confusing. play it right. Uh, it's just one problem after another. Well, I could tell you that one of the neat things about that I like about um, Keynote is the ability to export pages out to XML or HTML, yeah, and that's what I used to put the Apple quiz up on our website right after the Macworld Expo, so anybody at home could go ahead and take the quiz themselves and see how good they do. And, I mean, nice. I didn't hand-code anything. It's, it, that was a presentation. I just did a uh, an export and copied the, the information off the main page, posted it in our format on the website, which took me all of, I don't know, how long does it take to copy and paste, Hit go, uh, and of course I put the the files up on the main directory of the website, and there it is. You, you load that page, and you're clicking right within your web browser, and it's turning pages, and the effects are there. It looks great. It works well, it, and it was a huge time saver that I didn't have to go in and because let's be honest, Microsoft uses some goofy stuff in their HTML, uh, especially sure in do. Word. I mean, they just mangle HTML. Which is yep. one of the reasons that I do not allow anyone on the MyMac staff to send any submissions in for features or reviews or anything in Microsoft format because it just mangles it. It's just just wretched software. And you uh, know what? Go ahead. 
and, and I've noticed uh, uh, with Keynote, if you've ever, uh, I've taken the uh, the present some of the pres- presentations that I've built, built, and I export them into PowerPoint so that I can do a little manipulation with them and, and share some of the stuff on the PC side with uh, uh, with colleagues at work. When you take a a keynote, what's nice is a keynote presentation. If you look at the file, it's it's one file sitting there. It's right, got and everything it's a package. In it. Right, and on the with a PowerPoint slide, if you export it out, it's got another folder with all the stuff in it. Yep. So now you got two two files you got to mess around with to tr- and keep them together. Otherwise, it can't find the stuff. You know, it's just another pain with the PowerPoint. <laughs> what about you guys? Is there any one piece of software that you've been using lately, or is it my Mac's been broken? I haven't been using my Mac as much as I want to. Well, oddly enough, uh, the computer I've actually been using the most over the last few weeks has been my MacBook Pro at, at work at uh, lunchtime. I'll go out to my car and just goof around and, you know, check different things out. I've been trying some of the, the different easier-to-use web page creation programs like, you know, iWeb and Goldfish and... Uh, Freeway? Uh, I've got Freeway. I haven't been playing with it much, and, and I really should because I, I've, I've, you know, courtesy of uh, uh, Dr. Bot, we, we all got a, a fresh copy of Freeway Pro. From Macworld Expo. Right, from Macworld Expo. Thank you, Dr. Bot. And uh, I, I just need to get around to... I, I, don't, I think I'll probably install that on my iMac as compared to the MacBook Pro. But uh, it's, it's mostly just been different uh, website programs trying to figure out which one I, I'd like to use. You know, I, I've got a couple of different domains that, that I've pretty much ignored since I've gotten them, and, and I need to stop doing that. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I know that you. We briefly mentioned about the new Mac Mini, and I think we're going to wait to show two forty one to talk about that. Okay. Um, program I've been using a lot lately is well, I don't want to say a lot, but I've been using lately was Drive Genius two point I had a problem with my iMac that the hard drive was just starting to act really buggy. And uh, what do you do? You run permissions and disk repair. That Apple comes that each Macintosh comes with, right. and if that doesn't do it, what then? Um, for a long time, I was really into Disk Warrior, and it does work well. Don't get me wrong. And that's Micromat, isn't it? Yeah, that's Micromat, and yeah. I like Disk Warrior a lot. But even then, if it's not a directory problem, it's not going to fix it, and it may not even identify what the problem is. So I've been using Drive Genius. I really like it. Um, it it's got uh, an information tab. And it will give you all the information that you want to know about your hard drive, including how much free space. Uh, and it's very accurate, unlike the Get Info box on a Mac. Right. Now, doesn't that also seek out uh, bad sectors and yep. it'll kind of block them off? Absolutely. So and that's with the repair. So and the interface on that is uh, quite stunning. Isn't it? It's in a 3D, and you, you move your mouse yeah. over it, and it just kind of zooms up. and But it doesn't zoom up fast. It's, it's nice and slow, and it's it's just gorgeous. It's very, very, yeah, very gorgeous to look at. It really is. It actually reminds me of Keynote. (laughs) You know, you're right. Now that you mention it, it it does look kind of like Keynote. It's using core services is why. And who would think that a a utility program would look that good? Exactly. But there's a lot of stuff on Drive Genius 2, including defrag. I haven't defragged a hard drive in years. And I went and defragged this iMac and boy it was in rough shape there was files all over the place which isn't surprising because I do a lot of product reviews sure uh, it will do drive slim 
which allows you to remove unused files, duplicate files, unused localization files, which is, you know, Chinese, Japanese, German, uh, French, all those kind of files that you, most American listeners aren't going to ever use. Uh, but re- sometimes you have to be careful because there are certain programs that, that look for some of those files. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of the other stuff that it, you you can literally use this program to shred your hard drive. Now, obviously, you, a lot of the stuff you can't do if the application is installed and you try to run it there. <laughs> you literally yeah. have to reboot from the DVD that ProSoft sends you, that you buy, and run Drive Genius from that disk. And, but you can literally shred your hard drive. I love that. And it shows kind of this little shredder with a hard drive going into it. <laughs> you can duplicate a drive with that, which is just fantastic. You can repartition your drive. You can initialize a drive, and you can check for the integrity. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do with Drive Genius that I think most Mac users could really take advantage of. That is stuff that you really do need if you're going to be using your Mac on a daily basis. So if you haven't bought Drive Genius yet, it's less than hundred bucks. Uh, go up to Otherworld Computing or MacSales.com and uh, buy it because it's just fabulous software. It really is. And you know you need another external hard drive. They have bundles that you can get Drive Genius even cheaper if you buy a hard drive from Otherworld Computing. So with that, uh, Rich, Guy, and I are signing off. We'll be back in one week with the MyMac Podcast 241. Remember that we're doing a contest. We're going to give away a Voyager from Newer Technology. And while you're sitting in front of your computer next time, please go up to iTunes and rate our podcast. It's really easy to do. Uh, give us one through five stars, preferably a five star, but that's cool if you yeah. want to give us a one star and say, you know, you guys suck. That you hate Guy. Absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter. I am MyMac. Guy? I am Mac Parrot. Rich, are you on Twitter? Do you use it much? I am not on Twitter. Well, you got to get on Twitter, man. That's where it's all happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just trying to keep up with the email. It's been tough. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to send us any feedback at all about this show or our other show, send it to feedback at MyMac.com. So we are off. We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. 